0: J's Journal, October 20th, 2019. Tonight, a comic book sequel slash reboot has aired. Good pilot. Many callbacks to source material that pay homage without feeling like retread. Must remember to thank Mom and Dad for HBO Password. This show has seen the true face of Watchmen. And the chat rooms of the information superhighway will become extended gutters and overflow with the complaints of Zack Snyder fans. And all the fanboys and Snyder fans will cry out. More Rorschach! And the showrunners will whisper. How about a whole clan of them? I will admit that I was skeptical when I first heard the details of HBO's Watchmen. When they first started trickling in across the internet. I thought that they were doing this story kind of in the same way that they had handled the Wanted movie, um, kind of the same way that they had... So Wanted, that, that movie was based off of a comic book, and for the, the actual movie, they had changed the antagonists from a collection of comic book villain pastiches to a group of mostly generic guys who all had kind of the same abilities and motivations. I thought, What? No superheroes? What the hell is this? Those corporate sellouts at HBO are scared of the so-called superhero fatigue that has been threatening to kill the genre for the past 11 years now, and they're monkeying with the formula. Yes, my fanboy rage was triggered, I'll admit it, but after having watched the first two episodes, I can say that this is one of those times where I am happy to be wrong. Watchmen and is shaping up to be a fantastic series which manages somehow to be both a sequel to the source material and a reboot in some ways, and I'll explain that in a moment. Uh, It can be enjoyed either by the seasoned veteran or the newcomer. So we're introduced to new characters, but make no mistake, this story takes place in the Watchmen universe. There are some great plot beats and iconography that echo the original story. Uh, before I continue, I should let you know that there are going to be some spoilers in this review of the first two episodes. So uh, if you want to bail out now, let me just will summarize by saying Watchmen is thoroughly enjoyable if you are a fan of the original Dave Gibbons, uh, Alan Moore story. Um, it is enjoyable, I think, even if you watched the Zack Snyder movie. Uh, you don't have to have read either or watched either of those things to enjoy this. Uh, I think it helps. I think there's lots of Easter eggs already in the first two episodes that are going to be a treat if you if you have either read the original Watchmen or watched the movie. But uh, they do a pretty good job of doing world building on their own in this series. So if you haven't seen any of those things, I, I, I think it's possible to still enjoy this. So anyway, I would give this eight out of ten stars, um, so go check it out. All right, now on to spoilers. So, the murder of Judd Crawford, um, and subsequently the involvement of Sister Midnight, which by the way is, I I love that name, she's just, she's a very cool character, closely mirrors the death of the comedian in the original Watchmen right down to the drop of blood on his badge at the end of episode one. And Sister Knight also discovering the Klansman outfit in Judd's closet I, was reminding me so much of Rorschach finding uh, Edwards Blake's comedian costume in his apartment after he's murdered. So I, I'm sure that these similarities are deliberate. They're they're great callbacks to the source material. And for someone who has both watched the movie and read Watchmen, was just it's it's a real treat for me. The speech delivered by the leader of the 7th Cavalry uh, during the presentation in the police precinct, it's its a paraphrasing of Rorschach's speech at the beginning of the original Watchmen. Uh, soon all the, the, so it goes something like this, soon all the whores and race traitors will shout, save us, and we will whisper no. Well, this is very similar to what Rorschach says in the opening moments of, of Watchmen. He says, the accumulated filth of all their sex and murder will foam up around their waist and all the whores and politicians will look up and shout, save us. And I'll look down and whisper. No. Yeah. Real cheery guy, that Rorschach. Uh, I'll be talking a little more later about one of the things I, I like about this is how they actually handle Rorschach um, in, in a moment, but that's, that's one of the things I enjoy about the series. Um, so, we, we've got these great callbacks to the original. I I, I refer to it as a reboot because I, I feel as though they are, in some ways, retreading ground that was covered in the original story. Uh, not necessarily... I mean, obviously, I've only seen the first two episodes, so I don't know what is the story that they're trying to tell, but it, it so much mirrors what was happening in the original Watchmen that uh, it, it almost could be a reboot, so it... it it's just an amazing feat that they've managed to pull off both a, a sequel and, in in my view, a reboot at the same time. Uh, more on the callback. So while the 7th Cavalry wear Rorschach's mask and they have his black and white moral philosophy, there's another character that in, invokes Rorschach, and that's Lookingglass. So that's the police interrogator who wears the, the face mask. Uh, that, that is all mirrored. Very, very cool, portrayed by Mr. Tim Blake Nelson. And he is very much a Rorschach-esque type character. He speaks in a monotone voice, has a very stoic personality that is very reminiscent of Rorschach. Uh, the scene in Sister Knight's Car in episode two is very to me seem very similar to the scene in the original Watchmen where Rorschach breaks into Dan Dryberg, aka Night Owl 2's house uh, rummaging through his place, asking for some beans and eats with his mask on. Uh, and this is something that the actor, uh, Tim Blake Nelson has seen doing multiple times. He's the only one out of all the characters we're introduced to. He's the only one who wears a mask that completely obscures his face, uh, Sister Knight. You can see her eyes. The police officer. You can see her eyes. Even Red Scare, I think his name. You can see his eyes in his mouth. But uh, there's something about just the full face mask that uh, is just creepy and unsettling and makes really dehumanizes the character. And and that that's something about Rorschach, in, in some ways that, uh, like his namesake, sort of a, a blank canvas to people can project sort of whatever meaning that they want. Uh, and, and the same thing with, with looking glass. And so I, I think that's so interesting that they're, they're kind of breaking Rorschach up into little pieces, so to speak. And, uh, much like, uh, Dr. Manhattan did at the end of Watchmen. Uh, breaking Rorschach up into little pieces and kind of putting aspects of that character onto onto different players in this new story. Really, really interesting. Really, really enjoy it. Um, so, word about the... So, as I said at the beginning, I really wasn't thrilled when I was reading about this Watchmen series, and it it seemed at least from first glance that it was going to have Nothing to do with with superheroes, and it was just going to be sort of like this um, this well this reimagining where we're going to substitute cops for superheroes. And I, I could not have been more wrong in what I was expecting. There we're getting frequent reminders that this is the same world created by Dave Gibbons and Alan Moore. And I'm sorry, I keep giving Dave Gibbons uh, first billing. Alan Moore probably deserves first billing, or I don't know, equal billing. Uh, that they the the duo Alan Moore and David Gibbs there uh, created in 1987. It's it's the same world, and I love these little nods to that original story. We have this bizarre squid rain that keeps happening, uh, and it's a it's a clear callback to the squid monster at the climax of the the original Watchmen, uh, who's responsible for it. I have my th- theories about it. I, I think it's probably Adrian Veidt, aka Osmandius. I think he's trying to preserve the deception that he established 40 years ago. So for, for those of you that, if you've watched the Snyder movie, but you're not familiar with the original, the, the source material, although I, that that's, would be kind of surprising, but let's assume for the sake of argument that you're not, what's the deal with the squids? Well, in the original story, in in the original Watchmen, it had an ending that was very different from Snyder's uh, film, which actually, in my opinion, was one of the improvements that Snyder made to the source material. Uh, He had a, it was a very simple explanation in Snyder's version. Uh, Osmandius wanted to unite the United States and the USSR against a common threat, and so he just devised... Dr. Manhattan is being that common threat. It was or, or an organic sort of decision, uh, organic storytelling that, uh, Dr. Manhattan was becoming more and more detached from humanity. He was behaving more and more erratically. You have the whole press conference event where he disappears the people off of the stage. And so it, it makes sense that Dr. Manhattan would then be sort of the scapegoat for Osmandius to to use in the comic book however, that is not what happened. there is a much more elaborate plot kind of really kind of convoluted um, devised by Osmandius where he has artists and scientists and special effects people create this fake squid monster for lack of a better word that was supposed to be an interdimensional invader that was supposed to arrive in both New York and Moscow, and its arrival would be so shocking that it would kill hundreds, thousands of, of people in both of those cities, and thus unite the world against a unanimous threat. Uh, so clearly, with the, we're seeing the squid rain. Uh, that's telling me that they are following the story originally laid out by Dave Gibbons and Alan Moore, and not... By uh, not Zack Snyder's version. Speaking of Osmandius, when we catch up with him, we see uh, that first of all, wonderfully played by the very talented Jeremy Irons, um, we see that he is Osmandius has been busy since his time uh, during the the original Watchmen story, and he's still kind of up to no good. He he's looking like he has. He has now kind of taken the full heel turn into mad scientist territory. He's got butlers and, uh, and maids that we find out are cloned replicants of each other. They're, they're kind of the, uh, if you're a family guy aficionado, sort of the, the bitch Stewie and bitch Brian clones, uh, that they, they can perform kind of basic, uh, uh, tasks but have very little intelligence and it's just horrifying uh how Osmandius sort of uses these people as as disposable uh uh instruments and uh it it's just it's horrifying and really just kind of showing how Osmandius has in his um megalomania has has just has an absolute Um, loss of empathy for any, any living creature, if it, uh, it, if he can use it somehow to service his, his greater good. Um, So we, we don't know what he's up to. I'm very excited at that, that storyline. I love that we get the American hero story, which is sort of that, that Dateline style documentary. Uh, where they're referencing, they ref- We see references to the Minutemen. We see the characters from Watchmen. We see that very. I mean, I was. It's like the director, the showrunner, heard me and said, "You want superheroes? I'll give you superheroes." And we had that that sequence where that we see hooded justice stopping the uh, robbery of the the grocery store, uh, ultra violent. I mean, very, very violent. It it could just as easily fit into Snyder's world. Well, the original Watchmen was a very violent story. And the, what Watchmen for, for those, I feel like it almost doesn't need to be said, but Watchmen is not a, a, an endorsement of superheroes. Watchmen is sort of saying, this actually would not be a great thing if we had superheroes, if we had crime fighters, if if we had people that just decided to take the law into their own hands. This was this would not be a good thing. It would it would not be Spider-Man and his amazing friends. It would be closer to something like Mad Max. Uh so so that's that's another thing that I love. So now getting to the the portion about Rorschach. Uh one thing that I like about this is that it understands the, the showrunners understand Rorschach in a way that I think Zack Snyder did not. I, I enjoyed Snyder's 2009 take on Watchmen, but it's not without its faults. And the biggest one being the, the glorification of Rorschach. And this is a fault that I didn't see until years after I had first watched the movie and after really thinking about it and discussing it with other people. Now, before you start writing me angry comments, hear me out. Okay. Um, So Zack Snyder, for whatever his faults are as a filmmaker, is an incredibly gifted cinematographer. And one of the things that made his 2009 take so memorable was the way that Snyder framed the scenes. The scenes with Rorschach look especially epic. We have, in the beginning... Batman style, he's shooting the grappling gun from the ground, hoisting himself up into the building. We get a scene later when he's breaking into the military base, and we get him jumping up onto the ladder, and it's pouring rain, and we get lightning going off behind him. I mean, he looks badass. And I'll admit it, I succumbed to Snyder's cinematic sorcery, and I completely forgot that the character of Rorschach was never meant to be a character to admire. He's a violent homophobic, racist sociopath. And sadly, Rorschach really has more in common with the KKK or the Proud Boys than he does Batman. So, which is why the 7th Calvary, using his mask and his philosophies, makes so much sense. They're a group of vigilantes that see the world in an extremely myopic manner and are willing to use violence to enforce their beliefs. And this, this is really what Rorschach is all about. And I, I think it's a very clever way of still having the spirit of the character present. Uh, even if you can't have the character present anymore because he died at the end of, of the first Watchmen. Spoiler alert. And I I love this too because the, the original Watchmen was, like I think like any good piece of science fiction, is trying to discuss situations happening now uh, things happening in our society but using fantastic circumstances to do that and that's exactly what this watchman is doing especially in in my country I don't know if wherever you might be listening to but I'm, I'm recording in the United States we're seeing a rise in this type of fascist mentality of people that have extremely narrow views on things and they they're willing to use violence to to enforce it. And I, I think you could just as easily substitute the 7th Calvary for any any existing hate group now. The couple that I mentioned already, the, the KKK or the, the, the Neo-Nazis or, or the Proud Boys. And, and so I, I think that it's especially topical. And I, I think it's just this this story takes place in a, a science fiction world, but like all good science fiction, it's it's saying something about what's happening now. Uh, I, I like that. A couple other things I like before I conclude is the characters seem complex. Uh, even, you know, there's there's no, you know, much like in Watchmen, there's no one here that is 100% good. They're very human, flawed characters. So even Sister Knight, who I think is meant to be the protagonist that we're rooting for, uh, she, in the first two episodes of the show, she Lies to her co to her her colleagues basically about that that she has caught the guy who's claiming to be Jud's murderer. Um, we have we don't know what the full story is on Judlet, uh, but but it's not looking good. So you have these characters that are real people. They're they're not like your your stereotypical. Well, they're they're very they're very Watchmen esque type characters. So. I really enjoyed this show. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. By the time I'm recording this, episode three is going to be out, so uh, I, I'm going to b- release reviews in bundles after I've watched a couple videos. And if you have an opinion on this, I would like to hear from you. So send me an, a uh, message on the SoundCloud. You can uh, write me back on our uh, "Just Us Nerds" podcast email. The uh, "Just Us Nerds." PC at gmail.com. You can send us a message on our Facebook page, but I'd like to hear what you think about this. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Remember, this is all about having a conversation about all things nerd culture. Well, thank you very much for listening. As I always say, remember, live long and prosper. Use the force. Remember to let the odds forever be in your favor. And this one doesn't come from a movie, but uh, buy your books in cash and eat dessert first. Thanks.